This podcast is based on a book which I wrote in 2018, published on Amazon in ebook and paperback, entitled Righteousness, Prosperity, and Good Success. We are currently preparing it for publication on Amazon Audiobook. Each chapter will be published on our podcast starting today. This is the introduction. Would you be interested if someone offered you prosperity and good success in everything that you do in this life. In dealing with your mate and your friends and your children. In dealing with your job and the workers at your company or business or school. In dealing with problems of this life, each problem that pops up. Would it surprise you to know that God makes this offer to us in the Bible? Promising this to us in multiple scriptures? As a new Christian, August 5th, 1975, I saw these scriptures in the Bible. And I believed what they said and began doing them and continued doing them for the remainder of my life to the present date of 2023. Not once did anything fail. I was approximately... 37 years old when I was born again and saw these scriptures and began doing them. I'm now 86 years old. But not once did any project fail, did anything that I did based on these scriptures fail. And I owned a business at that time, American Indian Arts Business in Dallas. I ran my business by these scriptures. I ran my life by these scriptures. Everything was done by these scriptures. And I prospered, had good success, and really came to understand the way of God for each of us who are born-again Christians. All you have to do is the following scriptures daily. In each project, in each dealing with your family and friends and acquaintances, 
We start with Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. God made a promise to Joshua. And the same thing applies to us today. This book of the law, the Holy Bible, the Scriptures, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Let's stop for just a moment and look at a verse in Colossians which you can begin immediately doing. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. As we meditate on that scripture, first we look up the word peace in just a normal dictionary. What does it mean? What does the word peace mean? Some of the things it means, living in freedom from strife, both with family and friends and people in the world. If it's going to lead you into fighting, debating, arguing, take politics, for example, you're going to go off in a worldly way, not the way of God. So just don't talk to other people about that subject unless it is a correction you're bringing from God. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. I'll give you this example. We have a woman in our church group who has been in our church group since 1980, more than 40 years. And recently she went in a way exactly opposite to this portion of this scripture. She had absolutely no peace about that which she had planned to do. One of the things God often gives me is an open vision to show me what people are doing so that I can help turn them back to God. One time I was speaking in a church in San Angelo, Texas, small church. The predominant race in the church was black. And I think the pastor might have been black. But they invited me to come speak. I was on 
radio from coast to coast and received at that time several invitations from pastors to speak to their churches. At the end of the time I spoke, the pastor called for those who wanted prayer to come forward. And it kind of shocked me because he said, Joan will pray for you. I don't like doing that. I think people should pray for themselves and learn to do that. And I think they have as much power with God as I do if they're born again. But I did it. They all came forward, a bunch of them. I got up to one person who was a very, very, (laughs) this has nothing to do with the subject, but it's rather colorful. She was a very, very large black woman. And I don't know, something from God just came over me. And I said to her, and what is it that you want God to do for you? And she says, oh, I just want more of God. And I said, now God will tell me what you're doing in your life. And she jumped up from her seat, waved her arms in the air and said, oh, no, Lord, don't tell her. (laughs) It brought the church down. They just hollered with laughter. This was a kind of a rural community, and everybody knew what she was doing. People who say they're Christians are always trying to trick God. They go to God, and they pretend they're better than they are. He knows what you're doing. God frequently gives me visions to show me what individuals are really doing. Recently. I saw a vision of what a woman was doing, and it was terrible. There was this giant prehistoric-looking snake. It was about four times the size of a big alligator. I saw that she was being swallowed by this snake. Only... Her little legs and feet were sticking out of the mouth of this prehistoric creature. He was swallowing her whole. That's extremely serious. It's like Jonah being swallowed whole by the whale. He wasn't eating her. He wasn't puncturing her. He wasn't biting her. He was swallowing her. And I knew who this woman was. She was in our church group. And I probably said, what does this mean? And immediately God gave me the interpretation of this. Her husband, who's in his 70s, had fallen twice, and they found he had had some small strokes. He also had kidney stones at the same time and was in terrible pain and was in the hospital. He was partially, temporarily paralyzed, I think in the left hand, 
and he at first couldn't walk. She was panicked. Of course she was panicked. You would be, I would be. And she was just kind of grasping at straws. I'm sure she prayed, but she was grasping at straws, not really getting stabilized by God. A few days passed, and he began to improve. But they have a great big house, and stairs, as she described it, are all over the place. At first, she was going to put in a stair lift. She was going to do it immediately, so when they brought him home, he would have the stair lift. But she was delayed in that by a call from the hospital, fortunately, because that wasn't the way to go at that moment. With her husband being unable to walk, and having stairs all over the house. It was three-story, basically. There was just no way they could live in that house, or so it appeared. Four or five days after this happened, we received an email from her telling us that they were going to move to the other side of the state where they live and move in and live temporarily with her adult-age son in his condominium. He was fixing the master bedroom for them so they would have more room. And he would move to the guest bedroom. At first, I rejoiced. I thought, oh, that's great. What a relief, because she has no help with her husband. And this way, her son could help her adult-aged daughter and granddaughter and her son-in-law live in that city. So she would have help from them. And this just seemed perfect. But then I got to thinking about this. None of these people are Christians. She was going to be surrounded by five or six people who were not Christians. Swallowed alive. And I realized what God was telling me in the vision. This would overwhelm her. This would destroy her to move in with the son. He's twice divorced. I had already said to her, what are you going to do if you're living in his house and he brings home a woman to have sex? What are you going to do about that? Well, I'm sure she thought long and hard about it. I think he's 50 years old. The next time I heard from her, she said, we are not going to move to my son's house. When she first told me they were going to move there, I immediately was troubled 
buy some things, though I thought it was the way to go, that she would have help with her husband. But I was immediately troubled. And then I wanted to know this. How did this situation come about? I didn't hear God mentioned at all. Whose idea was this? So I asked her. And she said, He, the Son, offered and we accepted. Now these people have plenty of money to buy their own house. But this was going to be temporary until her husband could get a little time away from this stroke and see how things were going to work out. And then she said to me, even from the beginning, I never did have peace about moving to his house. The fundamental first thing you should learn as a Christian is let the peace of God rule in your heart. If you do not have peace about something, you're going the wrong way. Stop, pray, calm down, give it some time, resettle. And if the peace of God comes, you could do the project. But if you still don't have any peace about it, don't do it. Like buying something. If you don't have peace about buying that, but you need it and it just seems like you've got to have it, but you don't really like it that well or there's something about it you don't like and you're going to make do and the price is right, don't compromise. You'll always be disappointed or you'll have to replace it and end up spending twice as much money. If you do not have peace, do not buy the object. If you do not have peace, do not do this thing. Continue praying. If God gives you peace, then you can do it. But don't go against God because the peace of God in the project is one of the fundamental ways we know that God is leading and that he is in the project. Another place in the Bible where God promises us that everything we do will prosper is in Psalm 1 if we do the things he says in Psalm 1. You'll have total prosperity in everything. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Take a dictionary. Look up that word scornful. See what it means. It will show you people that you need to avoid. 
verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, the Holy Scriptures. And in his law, the Scriptures, doth he meditate day and night. So the meditation is where you start. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Look up the word peace. Think about it. Think about how it applies to your life. Meditate in it until you get to the point that you automatically do this in life. Every time a problem pops up and you think of a solution, do I really have peace about this? Verse 3 of Psalm 1. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You won't be like a leaf blowing in the wind. You'll be like that oak tree planted by a river of water, continually drawing strength from everything that the weather can throw at you, that any problem that comes your direction. And your strength will be in God. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Don't you want to be like that? Everything you touch will prosper. You will prosper with your children. You will prosper with your mate. You will prosper in your business. You will prosper in your associations with other people. And you will end up being a blessing to all who come across your path. And God promises us prosperity and good success in Deuteronomy 28, if we live according to the Holy Scriptures. And God promises us prosperity and good success in everything we do on this earth if we live according to these scriptures that we're meditating upon. In Deuteronomy 28, though it's the Old Testament, this still applies to us. Verse 1, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently, unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments. Moses said, which I command thee this day, but basically translated all his commandments that he gives me through the Holy Scriptures and by bringing ideas to my mind by the Holy Spirit who lives 
in me. Verse 2, Deuteronomy 28. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Did you know that God places each of his people in the exact places that he wants them to live and at the exact time. It's not accidental that you were born in the year you are born in. When you belong to God, are called by God, are born again, are a child of God, it's all planned out by God. So that land you live in right now is the place God put you. That doesn't mean he couldn't change you to another location. But you can rest assured you live where you live because God selected it for you. Verse 10 of Deuteronomy 28. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. They'll be afraid to mess with you because they will see that you belong to God. Now, how do they see we belong to God? By our actions, by our words, by following the Holy Spirit and what he gives us. Everyone is touched by us. Just recently, we purchased a new car. And the manager of sales said, I've really enjoyed working with you. He saw we were different from other people. That's exactly what will happen 
Why? Because you don't try to squeeze every penny that you can possibly get out of him in buying something, paying less. I owned a business at one time, 1975 through 1979, when I closed the business to go into the ministry. American Indian Arts business. Primarily, we sold jewelry. Very rarely did anyone ever ask me to lower the price of the jewelry, and I never had a sale until the day that I announced we were closing the business. I was going into the ministry, therefore, the items would be 10% less. I never had a sale. I lived in Dallas at the time. Neiman Marcus is in Dallas. If anyone asked me if I would lower the price, I would say to them, if you're shopping at Neiman Marcus, do you go to Mr. Marcus and ask him to lower the price of the item? I never had anyone not buy if they wanted the item. But they never asked me to come down in the price. Verse 11, Deuteronomy 28. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give to thee. When you follow the scriptures, it all happens automatically. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. In 1975, when I was born again, the first thing God showed me to do is get out of debt and stay out of debt. And I did that all these years. I had houses, but I didn't have mortgages. God enabled ways for me to pay in full for the house and not be in debt. I know that sounds impossible. But I'll explain it in this book. I'll explain what happened. The head of our office staff came to me one time and said, Joan, we can buy you a new car. I was driving about a 10-year-old car at the time. She said, we can buy you a new Cadillac. We can buy you a new car and pay it off. Now, that's not what God told me to do. When I was born again, he told me to get out of debt and stay out of debt. And I said, oh, no, I wouldn't do that. At that time when I was running my business, I lived in a very modest apartment at the campus of SMU in Dallas. 
I paid $180 a month for my apartment. I did not pay down on a house. I didn't pay a house off. God led me another way. I ended up building three different properties through the years. And every property made money when I sold it. One of them made a $127,000 profit. I wasn't trying to make a profit. I just put it up for sale and that's what came in. I focus on scripture and God prospers me. Thou shalt lend unto many nations and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day through the Bible to observe and to do them. You're going to be the head. That debt's not going to be wagging you around and dictating to you what you can and cannot do. I've never found it that way because God is leading me and doesn't let me get into the traps. Verse 14. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. We should live above all the problems through God. God will give us scriptures to keep us out of traps. God will give us scriptures to show us what to do. And he will be with us. If God is with us, who can be against us? In this audio book, you will find numerous examples which I have tested in my own life by doing these scriptures in various projects and problems of this life which have occurred. You'll learn to meditate in verses until the power of God rises in you to enable you to do that verse. You will stabilize and prosper also in God's way and God's righteousness day by day, step by step. And you will have an opportunity to set aside the way of this world and rise above those plots and schemes and fears humans do in this world. And you will learn what it is to really feel God in you by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Know ye not that ye are the temple of God 
and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now, you may not have learned about the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit teaches us all things, guides us into all truth, reminds us of everything Jesus has said in the Bible so we'll know what to do and what not to do, and shows us things to come. And the Holy Spirit lives in each believer. Romans 8, if God be for us, who can be against us? If God approves the project, that's all you need. Two days ago, we purchased a car that ended up costing us $117,000. I never thought of such a thing. I have had several accidents about the house, broken bones and things like that. I was finding a great deal of pain in the car that we had. I couldn't really ride in it, and sometimes I would just say, no, I'm not, not going. You go on. I'm going to stay home. The ride was so rough. We went out and drove cars. I had sold a house in Texas, and the money was sitting in the bank, so I had cash to pay for a car. Actually, I had two NDAs. In the bank. One was for $134,000 and one was for um, $110,000 from the sale of the house. I have no debt. I live in the home with another church person. She owns the home. I live in her house in a bedroom which she built downstairs. I insist on paying her rent, though she didn't want me to. But I insist on doing it. I have an income of $800 a month from Social Security and no debt, no debt of any kind. So I have $800 a month. I pay $1,000 to live in this house, and I have money left over to buy things, plus the two CDs from the sale of the house. I don't have to think about money. So that's my current situation. I don't have to ask people to give me money and beg like most ministers do. We never even mention money on our blog other than to teach you to live according to being out of debt. We teach that all the time. But this book will teach you to follow Scripture and have, therefore, the power of God, righteousness, prosperity, good success through following Scripture and give you assurance that God is with you and in you in all things.
when you follow him. It will greatly strengthen each of us in faith in God and should promote joy and peace daily. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.